Yesterday I was here for a very long time and then I left um, somewhere around 7 o'clock. And after being here for over seven hours, the minute that I left, there was someone that visited the church that, I, that was passing right there. And I ended up taking that person home. And then he began to prophesy over me. And I'm thinking, guy, I didn't know you have any prophetic gifting. If he, this guy began to tell me all about the ministry and where God is going to take me. I'm not going to share some of uh, what he told me because some of you guys don't think that I'm all up in my own self, no? But yeah, so I, I, I realized that the Lord has been, um, you know, and this is very genuine and from the heart. And I appreciate every moment of it. Amen? Thank you guys so much. All right, guys, have a seat. Praise God. Let's get to work. Amen. Amen. So actually, um, I got, I believe the Lord gave me a word somewhere around Thursday. But I'm not sure if I really wanted to deliver that word. Eh? So around Friday, I sent, um, I said to Pastor Kim, I believe the Lord is going to give you a word to, uh, to preach this morning. So go, go and pray and get the word from the Lord. And then she, like, very quickly she came back and she said she had a vision. I'm not going to tell you guys a vision. Because if I do, uh, you know, let me just leave that part alone. But she had a vision and then she said, nope, I think it's actually you. And, you know, so here it goes. So we have a, have a, a word here from the Lord this morning. You know, I, I guess, guys, I <laughs> preach with a lot of, you know, I believe it's God. I believe it's the standard of the Word of God. I believe we have to understand the grace of God and the severity of God hand in hand. We can't just, you know, pivot on grace and goodness. And we know that God is abundant in grace and goodness and mercy. But I, I just believe that, you know, we need to walk in the fear of the Lord. We need to walk in obedience. And that is something that you know, many of the churches that I have visited, I, I don't see the level of obedience that scripture requires. So, you know, when you now come here, understanding the type of position that God has placed you in, and that there are not bodies, but souls that are before you. And Jesus Christ went and paid for those souls to come to heaven. And now we give you an opportunity to speak to them. I mean, they're not my people. I did not go to a cross. I don't have any power. I'm just speaking on behalf of God. But what I'm actually trying to do is to speak on behalf of God according to, according to His Word. Right? So that means that I can't come and just share whatever I feel like sharing. It has to be based on the Word of God. So when we preach, you know, sometimes some people say it's a little bit scary. One person says it's very scary when he preaches. You know, the grace of God can lead you to, Lord, to the Lord. But sometimes you can be scared of hell, right? You can, be, you can protect yourself because you do not want to get hurt also. And I believe that's how we should uh, walk in the fear of the Lord. And receive the grace of God. I just want to read a little bit from um, 2 Peter, 2 Peter, verses 2, and we'll start at verses 1. Before I get into the message, guys, this is the word of God, and listen to what it, it's saying to us this morning. And then after that, assess 
by yourself and tell me if you would not if your spine would not be stiffened after you read words like these tell me now that you would not go and begin now to talk about walking a holy fear when you hear the word of God speaks like this verses 1 it says Simon Peter a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ and he goes on to address the church grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus O Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises they are pro they are promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature my god that we might be partakers of the divine nature that means we are eternal beings in Christ we are eternal beings outside of Christ it ends at the grave if this knowledge of God is not inside of you it ends at the grave for your physical body and then damnation to hell for your soul but we who are in Christ have the promise of eternity with God in heaven I want to reflect on that a little bit verses 5 but it now fruitfulness growth in the faith verses 5 but also for this reason giving all diligence add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge to knowledge self-control to self-control perseverance to perseverance godliness to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love for if these things are yours and abound you will you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his old sins verses 2 let's go to um, verses 2 now that's the beautiful promise that God has given to us and a beautiful and his word is it's clear I mean any lay person can grab a Bible and begin to read and gain understanding based on what God is actually communicating to us verses 2 but there were also false prophets among the people even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies even denying the Lord who brought who bought them and bring on on themselves swift, swift destruction and many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed by covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words for a long time their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber for if God did not spare the angels, listen to this guys, for if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them to, into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment 
and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the wor world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward, afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their, their lawless deeds. It says here, verses 9, look what it says here, beautiful words. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. And especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. Whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a swelling revelation, bring a, a reviling accusation against them, against the Lord. This, these scriptures here, when you watch guys like Joel Austin, who likes to talk about your best life. Have you ever heard? I mean, it seems like the Bible that, that he carries doesn't have the book of Peter, doesn't have Jude, just doesn't have Revelations or your first, second, or third John. It's like their Bible don't contain those books. So every day you turn on, the, they have all kind of podcasts going, all different kinds of TV programs going, and every day you turn it on. They're just talking about your best life now and, and grace and grace and grace and grace. And yet still the Bible has how many? 66 books. And we ignore the other ones. And then when a person like me begin to refer to scriptures like this, sometimes folks don't even understand it. Because we have all of this friendship with Jesus Christ. You know, he's my friend and he's nice. Guys, the children of Israel that God so loved and demonstrated his power against Pharaoh and his army to release them into the promise, the scripture says, he permitted them to die in the wilderness because of unbelief, because of sin. When Jesus Christ comes back, He's going to hold us accountable according to all of his word, all of it. So once I read those scriptures, guys, the hair on my hand stood up and my back stiffened. And if you check my arm now, the ears are still up and it's a long time ago. And my spine is still stiff. Ha! I go, I... I'm not gambling. I see people gamble for years. I am not gambling for one minute with this. Not even one minute. Not even. I'm not taking it for granted. And I see casualness in the church. And that's why we preach the word of God right here. We are, we are aware of the grace of God. The goodness of God. Without which no man 
would have a chance. Right? And guys, in saying this, we are all at different points. God is, um, everyone here is at a different point with the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? And there is grace sufficient for everyone. Some of us are at a level where God is saying, you are at graduation moment. You are at graduation. For some, it's an introduction into a process that God is going to take you to of sanctification and purification. If you just receive Jesus Christ as your Lord in your heart, right? You're just at the beginning stage of this process of sanctification and purification being undertaken in you. And there is grace for that. There is grace at every level. Amen? But when you make that decision to give your life to Jesus Christ, one of the things that you must do, you must, you're going to buy a house. I explained it to my son like this last night. You're going to buy a house, right? And you go and you view the house. Okay? And then you go, I'm pleasantly surprised. It's really good. It's really nice. But then you begin now to also get a professional, an inspector that is more detailed. He knows the signs to look for when he goes in the basement, whether or not there is a leaking in the basement. He knows how to check the plumbing, the electricity, the roof, and those factors that we would just kind of like glaze over and do have an understanding. So we get those guys to go do due diligence before we sign off on that house, right? And now, when it comes on to what Jesus Christ did on that cross for you and I, you have to go into the Word of God and see what is your part of the covenant. What is it that you require from you? That means you have to read this word. You have to. You have to begin to discipline yourself to read the word. Take time to read the word prayerfully and meditate on the word and ask God for understanding. After you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, this must be, you must commit yourself to reading the word of God that you might fulfill what is required of you that you might have eternal life. The Bible says also that tomorrow is promised to no man. With that in mind, even though you're 10, wouldn't you want to find out what is it that God requires? So when we come here and preach this word, it's not in the random way. You know, you can hear a lot of messages, very random. I'd rather hear one message that is really anointed from the Word of God and meditate on that message I want to, for a while and construct that truth in my life than hear five, ten different ones, okay? And they are just tickle my ears and then they're gone. Take time. Don't necessarily have an ambition to finish reading the Bible. Have an ambition to understand what is written there. What is the requirement on your, yours and my part that we might make heaven, that we might walk pleasing to the Lord. Okay? So that's why we preach like this. Or else, we're, guys, I can easily find myself in the bunch of the false preachers. And God is going to hold me accountable, not only for myself, but also for the people that I spoke to, that I led them into. The way of Balaam, the false prophet under the old covenant. And now you go put my name in a book so that I led people astray from Jesus Christ. And also, not only that, but no, we're talking about in this ministry, you've heard us. We're not stopping here. We're preparing people for ministry also, right? And what do you think they're going to replicate? The standard that you set here 
on many accounts, they will replicate. If you go to um, a school like Harvard, for example, they say Harvard is one of the best schools in the um, land. And the minute you have a degree from Harvard or Princeton, you know, they look at you as really well educated. Right? Well, if ministers are going to be birth here, pastors, right, prophets, evangelists, what will they go and preach? What will they go and teach? And if they, if they start a ministry and a church like this, what will they stand for over a five-year, ten-year period? What will they communicate to the people that God bring before them? If we don't get this right, and then we say we are going to anoint people to be pastors by the grace of God, this thing, that means we would be responsible for a lot of that, and God would... He would not be pleased. So we are making sure. And that's why, guys, some folks don't agree with this. Some are even out of the church because of that. And I'm like, you know, like some folks, they get, when they have a congregation of um, 50 people and then 10 people um, leave, they are like depressed. Me, I'm sometimes, no kidding, I'm saying, thank you, Lord. Woohoo! No kidding. I celebrate sometimes. Why? Because the madness that they carry on, I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be a part of it. I'd rather, it, it's better I go back to evangelizing on the street than come here and carry on a circus. So we are going up. We are growing, yes, we want to go, grow big, but we are going big clean. That's not to say we are perfect, guys. But anything that the Lord shows us and he's teaching us, all of us are learning. You are learning, I'm learning. I'm also in the pastoral role from a position of leading the congregation. A lot of it is new to me. I've worked under other pastors prior to here. That means it's a learning curve for me. And I'm trying to do this better. When I go before the Lord, I say, Lord, make a better pastor out of me. Make a better brother out of me. Do this. I don't take think that, oh, you know, I'm up here. No. This is the beginning stage and all of us are in training. But the whole idea is to get better, right, at being a disciple of Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to talk about ending the cycle of deliverance. Ending the cycle of deliverance. We're talking about graduation. Hello? So yes, you have been in the, in the um, struggles, right? You have been in a, um, trying to overcome certain areas and sometimes it becomes cyclical. It's like a cycle. There is a way to end it. There is a way to end consistently having to be delivered. When we say deliverance, we're not talking about from any, whether it be physical affliction, mental affliction, you know, any area in your life that you realize it's void of the promises of God in that area. There is a way to end that cycle of deliverance and guys when we talk about deliverance many times we also we think oh you know what we're gonna pray all night we're gonna fast and pray all night and sometimes the Lord invites us to do that but this morning here this is very a very quiet teaching no explosiveness is gonna be here this morning because we're gonna see that we just by negating some of the things that God has spoken to us we open the door for the enemy just basic school things. M minimal changes in your life, in talk with God, 
can close the door of the devil. Minimal. And that's what we're going to look on. Let's um, look at, let's go to Luke 4. Luke 4, six, verses um, 16. I will read to 22. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and, to stood, and stood up to read. And when he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. He who, we're talking about Jesus Christ. We're talking about God embodied in a man found this book on that fateful day and he said verses 18 he found the place where it was written the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the, the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed what a what a job jesus christ was sent to accomplish and did he did he not do a fine job of accomplishing what he was sent to do verses 19 to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all were in the synagogue were fixed on him and this is what the Lord Jesus Christ said. And he, and he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ear. Today, that means when God spoke those words, anyone that was in that temple on that day that heard that word could have been freed from everything that we named before. He, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, those were, who were in bondage, in slavery to Satan, Lucifer, the enemy of God. I don't know if he's an enemy, because usually your enemy can contend with you, but Satan cannot contend with God. I heard... You know, in scripture, I heard one preacher saying one time that God has never fought Lucifer. It's always Michael because it's unfair. And we have God on the inside of us. If we recognize that, oh, the seed of Christ in us will bruise the head of the devil. He will, he will go down. Amen. Jesus Christ said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your ear. And for every individual here, every individual online, anyone that will ever hear this particular message under the anointing of the Spirit of God, if you make up your mind at that moment that you will bring faith that God has given you and attach it to this promise, you will be absolutely free. This morning, guys, ending the cycle of deliverance 
It was not designed by God for us to fight the battles, win the battle temporarily, give up the victory that we got and go back into bondage and then repeat and repeat and repeat. We have the word of God, the promises of God that this might not be our testimony. Let's go to Luke 8. from verses 1. Look at a biblical example here. Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village. That's there's a revelation there, right? Right, guys? Why was it that Jesus Christ was going through every city and every village? He had, Jesus Christ had a message that every town, every city, every village needed to hear. In the year 2022, there is a message huh, of God, a me the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every city, every town, every country, every individual on the planet, young, old, needs to hear this beautiful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everyone needs to hear this message. That's why we embody here. As much as God has given us grace here and beyond, we are going to release this word to others like our Lord did. Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom. It's good news. If you find yourself here this morning, it's good news. If you find yourself online this morning, it's great news. And if you hear this message 10 years down the line, it's wonderful news. It never gets old. And the 12 were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Past tense. For certain women who had been healed. That means they recovered. They were freed. They were walking in freedom. And, and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa. Herod's Stuart and Susanna and many others who provided for him from their substance. So Jesus Christ literally set these people free and they were walking in freedom. Where whatever it is that the enemy had them in bondage, whether it be depression, whether it be trauma, you know, whether it be poverty, whatever it is that they suffered for, our Lord set them free. And we know the enemy can really do a work on human beings. And he set them free. And they walked in freedom and they were being, they were actually helping our Lord in his ministry. And now, in 2022, guys, things seems with the advancement of technology and the various ways that the enemy has created to attack us, many times it takes us a while before we get our foot in. Before we begin to have some level of understanding of how to walk in healing, how to walk in total deliverance. Because the enemy uses every trick in the book. There are some very, many times we, we understand the components that of the power of God, right? We understand the component when it comes on to the blood. 
when it comes on to the anointing, when it comes on to the word, that there is God's aspect of it. He's the one that he's the one that went to the cross. He's the one that releases his power in a moment that someone is healed, that someone is delivered. Okay? And many times when we are talking about deliverance, our focus is there. Which means that there's a good likelihood that this thing is going to be repeated. We call them what? Repeat offenders. Someone, you know, broke the law and they went to um, jail and they served a year. They got a year's penalty for what they, the offense that they did. They served that year and then they come out and they do the same thing again. What, what, what is the penalty? Either the same or greater, right? That's why they have what we call rehabilitation stuff to rehabilitate them in the prisons. And we are not doing our homework, guys. When it's a prolonged time that you've been going through, like deliverance, you're not doing your homework. You, there is a posture that you must have after the blood of Jesus Christ, the power of God hits you. There's a posture that you should have, and this will keep the enemy at bay, a posture of obedience. We're going to go through scripture this morning, and let's incorporate these in our life. And I'll tell you, the devil will not like your house. It's like, it would be just a natural thing. It's not like, I'm not talking necessarily, yes, we pray and we warfare. I'm, doing, I'm saying do all of those type of things. But the Bible says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. You have to have the correct positioning. Let's go to uh, Colossians 1. In doing this, we must acknowledge that it's the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross that enables us to walk in that freedom. It's totally the work that Jesus Christ did on the, on the cross. Colossians 1 and verse 13, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. We have redemption through His blood. We know that we were born, we were shaped in, in iniquity. The brand new baby that you bring home from the doctor that you think is all innocent, give him seven months and you will know what kind of innocence is there. The seed of Satan has already been planted in that kid. Me, you, me included, I'm no different, just so nobody get offended. I was born in sin. I came into this world like that. It, because of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. All of us come from the Adamic lineage and we need a savior. And Jesus Christ, the second Adam, came and bailed us out. We must recognize the torture that the Lord took to nail the sin of every man, every woman, every child on the cross. The blood, if we're gonna talk about deliverance, if the blood of Jesus Christ is not involved, there is no deliverance. There is no remission of sins. So we are acknowledging that. We are familiar with that, guys. We're familiar with that. But we want to keep that posture of being grateful and thankful. 
for that Jesus Christ. Imagine this. You were scheduled to go to prison. And I'm just using prison in a human term. But to hell, really. And someone bailed you out. How grateful would you be? Very grateful. That there is something that we need to understand. This must be, be formed in your faith. Listen, guys, don't come to church and let this be the, the go to work and give them all of your attention. And church is just a place that you go to. But you're not really focused there. Meaning that when we talk about the blood of Jesus Christ, you don't understand that you are a sinner, that you are going to hell, and that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. Make sure that you understand that. Don't just come, when we talk about repentance, repentance is, you know, in the general sense that we do repentance, we are, we are not even repenting. We don't think that we were guilty many times. We just say the words. For the blood of Jesus Christ to literally work for you, you must go deep. It must hurt you. You must realize the price that the Lord Jesus Christ paid for us. It must be, that revelation must be in your prayers and your communion with God. You must realize that he did it for you on an individual level. If you're going to go through deliverance, that must be captured. It must not only be captured in the immediate. Guys, we are good at understanding this in the immediate. We forget when we leave and the devil comes back. We're talking about ending the cycle of being afflicted by spirits. Ending that cycle. If we understand that a price was paid and we are grateful to God constantly. Let's go to uh, Hebrews 12. And let's read from uh, 28. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Guys, a kingdom which cannot be shaken. No more tears. No more sicknesses. No more relatives passing away. No more death. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably. With reverence and godly fear. Serve God with godly fear we're talking listen we're talking about something that is not common in north american churches the everyday everyday christian the everyday christian we're not talking about sunday morning no you're meditating on, the, on god 24 7. you're you're always communing with the holy spirit the reality that you're a kingdom person is not a sunday morning thing to you if it's a sunday morning thing to you the enemy will have open doors to your life. Because that means your focus is earthly, sensual, temporary, and the devil will beat you up. Walking in this thankfulness constantly. Walking in this spiritual reality constantly. Uh, guys, this is what our Lord Jesus Christ demands from his disciples 
absolute focus on him all the time Colossians 3 and verses 12 it says therefore as the elect of God holy and beloved put on tender mercies and kindness humility meekness long-suffering bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another even as Christ forgave you so you must also do but above all things put on love which is the bond of perfection listen do we hear these type of words in the workspaces do you know the workspaces really influence us right many times when people buy a house they never necessarily wanted a house or a new house I hope you know many times when people buy a house or a car it's only because the co-worker bought a house or a car or took a vacation they begin to come home and put pressure on the husband pressure on the wife because of what somebody at the coffee uh, machine spoke and that become the things that they meditate on this language here that I'm reading from the Word of God it's not spoken in the workplaces and we have too many people we're listening we're eavesdropping on many of those conversations at the workplaces and their influence is seeping in seeping in you have to be strong enough to avoid that which you can't overcome avoid it that you might walk in these qualities that are listed here if you don't walk in these qualities of love humility and, and so forth you have open doors for the enemy because now you're going to get yourself in all different kind of financial problems and put stress on yourself the devil is at the door already the bible is telling us the posture that we should have the posture the everyday posture for a Christian verses uh, 13 bearing one another and forgiving one another if another has a complaint against another even as Christ forgave you so you must also do but above all these things put on love which is the bond of perfection and let the peace of God rule in your hearts the peace of God when you have a troubled heart the devil can send anything your way you're susceptible to the attacks of the devil when there is turmoil in the mind turmoil in the heart and let the peace of God rule in your hearts when you're meditating on the Word of God when you are communing with the Holy Spirit the peace of God will rule in your heart it will this this posture here will end the devil's reign in your life and you will end the cycle of deliverance Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell, dwell in you richly in all wisdom. See that? How is the word of God going to dwell in you if you don't read it daily? If you don't discipline yourself to read the word of God? You know, we come here on Sunday morning, yes, and God permit myself or someone else to speak, and we release a word out there. Guys, many times we, when we release that word, I hope you know it's just a heading, a heading, a highlight. That means now you must go back and go in the week and find time 
to go deeper into that lesson and activate that revelation in your life. That's why I say, don't, you know, some folks are listening to too many preachers with random messages. I'm not saying you, you only listen from here. No, I'm saying that whatever it is that is being spoken in your ear by the anointing of the Spirit, study that area. Let it be functional in your walk with the Lord. Cut, cut off what you do in the evening hours and find time to pray and read the Word consistently. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. See that? Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. My Father in heaven. You see the beauty that we're supposed to have in the body of Christ? The humility that we are supposed to have? The love that we're supposed to have? And this connection that we are supposed to have from the world system in terms of them influencing us? We still go and reach the lost. We still go and um, preach this word, pray for people and reach out to them and invite them to church. Hello? But they do not influence us. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we understand the blood of Jesus Christ. But you open the door if you don't walk in these qualities that we're meditating on now. That there is all you, one of the keys to keeping your deliverance. We also know, secondly, it's the mercy of God. Yes, the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed because of the mercy of the Father. The mercy of the Father is goodness. Everything that we receive, we did not work for it. Guys, let me tell you something. Many times you see my attitude here. My attitude here is because of you. When I come off of here, hello? You would not believe the simple life that I live. The attitude here many times is to preach. My life is very simple. Very, very simple. I spend most of my time in the presence of God. That's it. If not all of my time. I don't know what else to do with my life, guys. I'm not at the movies. I don't have cable. There's no entertainment at my house. None. Absolutely none. And I'm having a ball. I'm having more fun probably than everybody else on the planet. And I hope you're saying the same thing. I hope you're saying the same thing. I just like to pick that there. I live in my own world. You can live in your own world. Don't be offended when I said I'm having the, the, you know, the most fun on the planet. You can say the same thing if you're walking with God. We all can say it. All of his children can say it. It's not to be comparing. I'm just saying that in this place where I'm not doing many other things that the world system would con um, consider to be entertaining. I am absolutely fulfilled and enjoying this. It's a, it's a joy. Even the things that the Lord br brings me that are challenging, uh, even that I love. I love the grind. You know, the, the, Jesus said to count the cost and we should take up, our, um, yeah, take up the cross and follow him. I know he can add certain things that can make your life really uncomfortable. And I pray never do those things to me. Hello? But for what he's asking me to carry, oh my father, I'm loving, the, I'm loving it. I'm having a ball in my Christian walk. I'm, the, just the presence of the Holy Spirit when I wake up every morning I, and I'm undone. 
just because I, by, by God's grace and because the way that Lord invited me to, um, to seek him uh, years ago, and I began to feel the presence of God. So from, there is a level of the presence of God that came on me physically that I feel. Even if I wake up 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, it's like the presence of God just burning. I, it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to do with my walk with God. You know, it's not me. It's more having to do with the calling. Like all of us have a calling. But I benefit as an individual from that interaction with God because of the ministry he has called me to. I use it. The fact that he's speaking to me to speak to you, I take the words that he speaks to you and I take them. And they really nourish me and make me contented. The only trouble I um, have in my spirit, really, is when it comes on to the mandate, saving the lost. Hello? That there is my problem. If you, this is the only thing that stresses me out, that we need to go save people. Apart from that, not too many things. Hello? Good morning. I hope you guys are still with me. Are you? In the name of Jesus, you are with me. Not me, but him. And, in, and in, I have your attention because of your love for God this morning. I know it's not me. And I don't want to have the attention here either. I just hope that God can actually speak something that will, you know, that the, the, his anointing might bring healing. Right? That he might use us mightily. Amen? So the mercy of God. Let's go to Psalms 51. Very, very, just some key things that are very simple, very simple. I'm not saying stay up all night. I'm praying tongues. Verses 1 of Psalms 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. You see that? This is David here, as knowing that if it wasn't for the mercy of God, he had no chance. This is a posture we must always have. Understanding that it is the mercy of God. A posture, a constant posture. The minute that you step out of that posture of understanding that it is the mercy and the goodness of God, then you really get into the area of the flesh and you think that you're accomplished something on your own. And immediately you do that, hello. It's me, Lucifer. Not me, him. The minute you do that, he's back. Look at this, verses 3. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. The Bible said that David had a heart after God. Do you see? How this man was, he goes, against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. He's understanding that God is God, that God is perfect, that any issue has to be with him. And he must come before God and he's coming understanding the mercy and the goodness of God. On the strength of the mercy and goodness of God, he's now pulling help. He's pulling grace. This is, we have to know how to activate God. Also, when we say, Lord, I did not, I don't measure up to your standard, but you are merciful. You see that? When we take a posture like David had, 
how we keep that posture, understanding that it is the mercy of God that keeps us. How is it that the devil is going to be able to come in? Verses 5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. See? I was brought forth in iniquity. And in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. God desires truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden parts, you make me to know wisdom. You see, when we have this these type of posture and we really begin to have this heart huh, connection with God. Do you see the level that David, the level of relationship that David had with God, the depth that God wants us in 2022 20, and beyond. This um, generation of Christians, he wants to embody the position of guys like David. So we are not about the, the noise. Verses 7, purge me with his up and I shall be clean. He's at knowing that only God can purge you. Out of his goodness and his mercy, he purged you and I. And I shall be whiter than snow. Purge me with up, and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Verses 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. We, we, listen, guys, the precious Spirit of God that now takes residence in an individual that professes Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. The Holy Spirit. If I always put it like people like this, what would you do if Jesus said he was, he's coming tomorrow and he's going to knock on your door and he's staying with you one year? All of a sudden, we wouldn't have no issues about dress code anymore, you know? Some folks wonder about how to dress and carry themselves at church, how to speak, and how to conduct themselves. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, everything would be perfect. Well, the message is, every day that you get up and walk out of your house, or whether you go to bed, he is there. And you and I are doing things that are not pleasing to him. Let's end that. Because when we do those things, we invite the enemy in. And light and darkness can't coexist together. Go over now to uh, verses 17. Look at this now, guys. A posture. Another posture that will end the cycle of deliverance in your life. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. You see that? The sacrifice of, sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. What we have many times are what? Puffed up people. We're puffed up. We're, we are in our flesh. We think we are this. We think we are that. And we come to church with these attitudes. That there is open door. As casual as you think that it is. When you don't embody these principles from the word of God, I hope you know open doors you're gonna be afflicted in your life it's gonna be a cyclical thing when it comes on to being delivered over and over and over meditate on these words the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit 
a broken spirit. I'm low. I am low. This is why we talk about offense. Okay, who am I? That if somebody offend me, I'm upset for a moment, but I know forgive them. Why? I'm a, a, what, who am I in the flesh that I should hold them up? You see? Down. I consider myself down here. Because I know God. By myself, I couldn't be down here. But because of Jesus Christ and what he did, I choose to take a lowly position of humility. Christians are supposed to take this position. And we are supposed to stay attitude-wise, posture-wise in this position. That there will close the door. The enemy will not be able to come. There will be no... When he, the prince of this world has come and he has found nothing in me, he has to find something in you that is inside of him before the door is open. When you are walking and embodying these... these um, biblical positions you will find nothing in you there will be no deliverance necessary anymore it's also God's power when we realize it's God's power it's God it's his blood it's his mercy it's also his power what did we bring to the table when you know you didn't bring anything to the table you know you have to just be thankful grateful First Corinthians 4 and verses 6. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sake, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other for who makes you differ from another look at this and what do you have that you did not receive what is it that we have that we did not receive now if you did indeed receive it why do you boast as if you had not received it we guys when we truly understand that everything that we have it's a blessing from God. Then we, it takes away, and you walk in this reality, it takes away your boast. It takes away pride. And we talk about pride already. Pride is an open door. Boasting in self is saying, come Lucifer, come Lucifer. Humility. Clothe yourself. You and I need to clothe ourselves in humility. Paul begins now. He is speaking to them. He's seen all of these postures inside of them that are anti-Christ. And he's going, where is this strange behavior coming from among the Lord's people? It's very prevalent now. This in the body of Christ, oh my God. It's an entitlement mentality. There is no gratefulness. We don't understand the price and walk in the revelation of the price that Jesus Christ paid for us. Verses 8, you are already full. You are already rich. You have reigned as kings without us. We see this when we look at ministers globally. They reign like kings. One, one I see in Africa, when he pull up to the church, 
in his Bentley on a red carpet. Huh! On a red carpet. And everybody in the church waiting for him to come. And they carry on. I'm telling you. And Jesus Christ on a donkey. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, on a donkey. And, and we see them reigning like kings on the earth. Saying that they're anointed by God. And they're leading droves of people. And no humility is there. What is it that they teach their congregation? And what is it that those men and women will go and preach to their communities and to their families? Everybody now think that God is going to make them a lion on the earth. They're going to rule down here. They have no time to meditate on the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ. And storing up their treasures up there. Why? Because they want to do everything in a 50, 60, 70, 80 year period. Pure sensationalism. And when they, if, I don't know, many of them using occultic powers also. Many of them are using occultic powers. Many of them are not even, they are not even using the power of God. And many times, they actually fake the miracles. We are not getting involved in that. That there is like, we don't want to produce that in a congregation, those type of Christians, those type of ministers. We want to stay true to the Lord. Let's go to um, the last scripture, 1 Corinthians 1, verses 26. Oh! For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh. Talking about the ones that our Lord calls to be ministers. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Oh, I thank you this morning, O oh Lord, that I am weak. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. So God has brought us here in weakness that his power might be shown. And when we come in strength, when we come thinking that he has instated us here as kings on the earth to rule in a fleshly way, we open the door to the enemy. Even to do miracles through us, the devil will. Many false prophets are out there in this day and age. Look what it says. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised. Verses 28. God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Look what it says here. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But if, but if, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, you and I, we praise God this morning. But of him, 
you are you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that that as it is written he who glories let him glory in the Lord if we can grab those positions of humility the reign of the devil in our lives done deliverance many times even if the devil attack you you don't need to come to church to you can bring there you understand the revelation of the blood you know it's God's power you know it's his anointing you can bring that anointing you can go through that in your you know I hope you know guys no one prayed for me I'm sure that the devil I had all different kind of open doors doors and I'm absolutely sure that I needed deliverance you know how I went through this I got some tapes oh God Almighty thank God I had a soft heart because if I didn't have a soft heart I would really need somebody to write work them out of me I had a tender heart and once I begin to understand about deliverance and so forth I begin to buy tapes and I would pray them in my car and I would repent I had a, I have a series of five tapes I repent I repent I repent I repent I repented after I repented I cried after I cried I said God oh my father I didn't know I did this to you over and over and over when that level of heart to God which devil can stay now they must leave they have to they have to leave so this is graduation time for some of us guys it, it is graduation ha! I noticed some of you are in white this morning it's graduation guys the cycle of deliverance for some of us we give God the praise he's ending it he's ending it hallelujah thank you Jesus that's what the Lord tells me yes people will come and we will be patient with them as they go through this process of deliverance and fail ha! in the beginning because the, the devil has a lot of different strategies in this day and age but if we grab these earthly postures consistent with scripture we walk in freedom and we'll be able to leave others in to freedom amen so father i thank you this morning ha! for your word thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you holy spirit that you are here even now and as your word is released, O oh Lord, and faith, oh, faith is in your people, I command every spirit that is not of God, let them go now. Oh, let go their mind in the name and authority of Jesus Christ. And by his blood, oh, every contrary spirit to the spirit of God, let go now. In Jesus' mighty name, you leave the children of God. Touch them, Holy Spirit every darkness go freedom ha! from depression go now in the name of jesus christ bondage fear ha! in jesus mighty name the anointing that breaks the yoke it comes on you now ha! fire all over you those that are online in the name and authority of jesus christ ha! every spirit as you hear the word of god and aligns with align with the word of god I thank you that the power component of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's yours for the taking by faith, and you come into healing and freedom. Now, in Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the anointing.
Thank you, Lord, that you are breaking prisons, your children out of prison. Oh, every gate, every door broken in Jesus' mighty name and by his blood. Oh, freedom come to your people, oh God. Deliverance once and for all comes on your people. Oh, step into that freedom. Step into that freedom today in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you, oh God, that you have given us your precious word. Your word, oh Lord. Oh my God. Your word that you have preserved. That we might have it available. That we might know your heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing that word. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your blood. Oh my King and my God, we acknowledge you this morning. In humility, in thankfulness, we acknowledge you this morning, oh Lord. You did it all on our behalf. And we give you the praise and thanks. Yes, in this house, Heaven's Lighthouse Ministries, my King and my God, you will take the praise, the honor, and the glory. Oh Lord, you will take the attention, you will take the stage, you will take the focus. For it is your bride, it is your people. And you freed us. We are thankful and grateful this morning, Father. And I thank you that we have received. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.